0: As Maricopa County continues to be one of the fastest-growing counties in the country, interest in the valley expands, bringing people to check out all the unique destinations of the desert. One Valley 101 listener is planning on making Phoenix their new home. They asked us to put together a bucket list of activities and places they should check out in the valley. So we're doing just that. Even if you are an Arizona native, there might be some activities on this list that you have not heard of. Welcome to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com, where we answer the questions you ask about Metro Phoenix. I'm your host, Kayla White. In today's episode, we spoke with one expert and a couple of our colleagues who share their picks of places to check out in the Valley. You'll hear about quick day trips and some hidden gems you might not know about. Producer Maritza Dominguez is breaking down this list for us. Maritza, take it away.
1: To start off, I reached out to the folks who operate the website VisitPhoenix.com. They are one of the best resources for travelers.
2: Um, Hi, I'm Doug McKenzie, the Director of Media Relations at Visit Phoenix.
1: Here's the first recommendation he'd make for visitors.
2: One of my favorites is the Desert Botanical Garden. I often tell people that they've only seen cactus in cartoons until they arrive at the garden. It's uh, the largest collection of cactus and succulents in North America. And they have a wonderful, wonderful area to walk and explore all of the different plants and, uh, and different uh, uh, Sonoran Desert cactus.
1: There are various trails you can walk in the garden, like the Desert Wildflower Loop, that's great to visit during the blooming season. And if you visit the garden during spring or fall, you can catch the seasonal exhibits that highlight butterflies and their life cycles. The Desert Botanical Garden is located in East Phoenix, near the Phoenix Zoo. Due to COVID-19 restrictions, an advance ticket reservation is required. General admission ranges from $15 to $30. They're open from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. However, in the summers, they sometimes hold extended hours for a flashlight night.
2: So it's a very interesting and fun way to explore, you know, the Sonoran Desert.
1: If you attend the nighttime, you'll want to bring your own flashlight, but you'll get to see these night-blooming plants and animals that appear after dark. Make sure to check out the garden's event calendar because there are often events or special tours. If you're looking for a nighttime event, you should check out this second recommendation from Doug.
2: Well, um, I certainly like our Musical Instrument Museum. It has over 6,000 instruments from around the globe, and they have a live performance venue with a um, uh, musical acts from uh, around the world uh, in a, a smaller venue. So it's very exciting to, to visit and see all of the um, instruments, as well as join in uh, many of the uh, concerts they have at night, uh, as well as uh, on weekends. So it's a, it's a wonderful place to uh, explore musical instruments.
1: The Musical Instrument Museum is open daily from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Most weekends, you can find a new musical act performing at the museum. At the same time, you can learn about instruments from Europe, Asia, and Latin America, and you get to walk away with a deep knowledge of instruments you've never heard about. Families, your kiddos are going to get an extra kick of the museum with their experience gallery. They get a hands-on feel for the instruments. They can play a Peruvian harp or a West African djembe, That's a small drum. Tickets range from $20 to $10, based on age. You can find full details at the museum's website, mim.org. Now for the third place Doug suggested to check out, which he called one of the most stunning places to visit.
2: Taliesin West, and then it's Frank Lloyd Wright's house. Um, that he had while he was here. Um, the architecture is uh, still in place, uh, and it's a, uh, just a wonderful um, tribute to his architecture uh, over the many years. Um, they have um, uh, his house uh, with different tours of the grounds, and it's really a, um, a unique place to, uh, to visit.
1: For those who are architecture fanatics, this location is a must. Built in the 1930s, the house gives an inside look into the mind of Wright, who is often considered one of the greatest architects. The house recently went under a major restoration, making the site more authentic and accessible. Taliesin West is Arizona's first cultural UNESCO World Heritage Site. That means the organization identified it as a place to preserve for the sake of culture and natural heritage. You'll need to book a tour before heading out there. It'll set you back $40 for adults and $19 for kids six to 12 years old. Kids under five get in for free. Did you know just outside of Phoenix, there's an olive farm? I sure didn't. In Queen Creek, southeast of the metro area, you can visit the Queen Creek Olive Mill. This was Doug's next pick.
2: They have tours of um, how they make olives. They have over 20 different types of olive oils. They have a cafe to have lunch.
1: Not only do they produce olive oil that you can use in your kitchen, but the owners also developed another product. They created a skincare line using extra virgin olive oil. They started this after their children experienced eczema, and so they created lotions, soaps, and more to help with their dry skin. If you wanna take the tour, it's $7 and you'll learn all about olives and the process of making olive oil. You can also visit their shop and take home some locally sourced olive oil back to your family. Before I let Doug go, I asked him about the best hiking spots in the valley.
2: I would suggest there are a lot of great trails in the White Tank Mountains, as well as the Superstition Mountains, and also the McDowell Mountains.
1: He suggested these spots because they tend to be a little less crowded. The White Tank Mountains are on the west side of the valley, and the Superstition Mountains are east of Phoenix.
2: Uh, there you really see the wonderful landscape of the cactus and the mountains, and they have a variety of different hikes that are suitable for every, um, every uh, expertise level, and you really have a, a great feel for, for the desert.
1: The best time to hike during the summer are early mornings before it gets too hot. Park rangers also suggest bringing lots of water. You'll often hear them say, if you're halfway done with your water, then you should be halfway done with your hike. Those are suggestions from the travel experts. Now I turn to a couple of my colleagues to see what their favorite spots are in the valley.
3: Uh, My name is Kimi Robinson. I am the entertainment reporter at the Arizona Republic and easycentral.com. I commonly write about things to do, uh, influencer culture, stuff that happens on social media, as well as um, local people you should get to know.
1: She moved to Arizona in October 2019. And because of the pandemic, she didn't get to do a ton of exploring, but this is one spot she learned to love.
3: I actually started with Tempe Town Lake, and that is on a lot of lists, surely, but that was fascinating to me. That was where I took all of my out-of-town visitors just to say, hey, you know how we're in the Sonoran Desert? There is a body of water here. Actually, in fact, several, but here's a pretty
1: big one with a really cool bridge. And she's right. Tempe Town Lake is a great spot to explore all year round. In the cooler months you can take a walk, ride your bike, and in the summer months you can run a kayak or a standing paddleboard and be on the actual lake. The lake is also within walking distance to Mill Avenue where you'll find tons of eating spots and small little shops. Now if you're looking for a quick day trip out of the valley, Kimi has got a great recommendation.
3: And if you go out east, uh, about a, an hour outside of Phoenix, then you get to go to uh, Boyce Thompson Arboretum. And along the same theme of it reminds me a little bit more of home um, in terms of the, the nature you'll find there, the garden, the, the flora and fauna, and um, it's really nice. Uh, it doesn't even have to be a full day trip and you can go on the trails there.
1: When Kimi told me about this place, I have to admit, As a lifelong resident of Arizona, I never heard of this place, so it's one I'll be checking out soon. General admission is $15. It opens daily from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m., and the last time you can get in there is one hour before closing. There are nearly five miles of trails and have almost 4,000 different types of plants. They also do guided tours, so you can learn straight from the experts. Just make sure to book in advance. I wanna thank Kimi for joining me on today's episode. If you wanna keep up with her reporting, you can find her on Instagram at reporter K-I-M-I. Now our last guest on this episode is arts and culture reporter, Elizabeth
4: Montgomery. I cover everything from the vibrant murals downtown to the newest video game that's coming out. Her first
1: suggestion is great for people who are into the nightlife scene but want to stick around the downtown
4: Phoenix area. Recently, the Pemberton PHX just opened up in the Roosevelt Row Arts District of downtown Phoenix, and it is a historic mansion that was built in the 1920s. The Pemberton
1: home was owned by the CEO of the predecessor of Arizona Public Service, or APS. Since 2004, the house has been on the city's historic
4: property register. But this place is awesome because it has a variety of locally owned boutiques, restaurants, drinks, coffee. Everything you can imagine is all at this one house in downtown Phoenix. It's basically a one-stop shop for locals and
1: tourists alike. The house is open Wednesdays to Sundays, and there are new events
4: happening every night. Usually every week there is some yoga uh, classes that are taking place too on the front lawn of the home. So it's very much a house full of a lot of different things. To check out their different
1: events, you can go to PembertonPHX.com for full details. This next and final suggestion from Elizabeth is when I saw
4: her post on social media. So I had to have her share it with us. Yes, this is in-game. It is a arcade bar, like to the next level. I know they've been working on it for a few years now and it's finally reopened um, after the pandemic. For you gamers out there, this is a place you'll wanna check out. So here's how it's set up. You get a TV to yourself and a couch to yourself, or you can sit at the bar area. They have some high tops there with, you know, Super Nintendos, they've got the Xbox as well. And you just tell them what game you wanna play, There's over 700 games there. So you just tell them which game you want to play. They bring it to you and you just start playing.
0: Round one.
1: They've got lots of different gaming consoles as well as window PCs. Elizabeth said you get a card and on each side, you can flip it to a new color. The color tells the server when you're ready for a
4: new drink or a new game. You just go there and hang out. You don't have to really be bothered with anybody, just have fun. It kind of gets you out the house and away from your own TV and kind of into a a kind of gamer community where you can just chill and have a couple drinks, eat some food and play whatever games you want to play. Drinks are also themed in the spirit
1: of video games and pop culture. On their menu, they've got specialty cocktails donning names like the Dragon Slayer, Tonic the Hedgehog and Luigi's
4: Death Star. One of my favorite drinks there is the Button Smasher Mojito. They've got the Donkey Kong Island and the Pikachu drink. You know, they have really done it up with uh, appeasing to the gamer crowd.
1: Endgame Bar is located in Mesa. If you're under 21, you're in luck. Before 10 p.m., you can go there and enjoy the games and food. For full details about the bar, you can check out their website, endgamebar.com. That rounds out Elizabeth's recommendations. If you want to keep up with her reporting, you can find her on Twitter at emontnews. And to finish up this list of top 10 places and activities to check out in the Valley, I'll give you my recommendation. To experience this one, you'll need to be here in the summer. It's the Salt River Tubing in East Mesa. It can be a relaxing activity for the summertime. You get to hop on these round inflatable tubes and float down the river. But remember, this is Arizona and it gets hot, really hot. So plan in advance and bring an ice chest filled with drinks and snacks. You can rent an extra tube to carry that ice chest. Although it's just a few miles out of town, it feels like a great escape to nature. If you're lucky, you might catch a glimpse of some wild horses. You'll want to bring a hat and sunscreen so you don't walk away with the sunburn. It opens daily from 9 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. For $19, you get a rental tube and the shuttle bus service that takes you from and to the river.
0: All right, listeners, that's your list of top 10 activities or places to check out in the Valley. Thanks to Maritza for putting that list together for our listeners. Maritza, which one do you think you'll check out first? I have to
1: admit, there are quite a few things on this list I haven't had the chance to check out. But before it gets too hot, I want to check out the Boyce Thompson Arboretum.
0: That is an excellent pick, and I haven't been there either. All right, listeners, if you have more questions about Metro Phoenix's history, submit them to us at valley101.azcentral.com. And if you're a regular listener of our show, please consider supporting it by subscribing to azcentral.com. And as always, thank you for listening to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. Also, if you're a fan of Arizona politics, be sure to check out The Gaggle, our sister podcast that breaks down local issues and helps you keep up with the state's political news. All right. See you next week.